Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office, back in person here in the studio on this Monday. Um, we got a lot of content coming up for you guys that we're going to be pumping out sooner or later. Um, now that my season is over, I feel like we have a little bit more time to just talk sports and talk basketball, which we're getting into today. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm sorry if my hair is a mess for all you viewers out there. I guess my, my shampoo made it so that I was too frothy, but... Um, it looks horrible thanks man thanks man i appreciate that <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. but as always you know we have a huge slate of things to talk about and jack and i are very excited to be back in the studio so i'm going to kick it to my co-host to kick us off for this episode yeah so now that football's over we can fully direct our attention towards the nba and ncaa basketball seasons and you know that this stretch is mine and probably your favorite time of the year as we it's start awesome. to enter march march madness awesome is upon us and then directly after that is the nba playoffs so before we get there this past couple days this last weekend was the all-star showcase and then ensuing the all-star game mm -hmm. and again we talked a lot last year about the mediocrity that is the entire nba all-star weekend and how great it used to be and how honestly unwatchable at times it is nowadays and i feel like the nba does so many things well that this is something that they really should do a better job off of. So I'm going to start with the showcase. And for those of you who don't know what the showcase is, it's something that the NBA has been doing for years where on Saturday night before the all-star game on Sunday, they have the skills competition, the three point contest and the dunk contest, which was so popular back when it was Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan mm -hmm. who dunked from the free throw line and yep. even up to, you know, Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin. But Nowadays, it seems to just be a mess around that they televise. So, do you want to, do you want to kick it off with the dunk contest? I feel like that's like, look, I don't, I don't, I try not to hate on a lot of things that that happen at the All Star Game, and um, you know, I try to be supportive of the fact that like it's not supposed to be overly serious, and I think everybody knows that. But there are some things about the All Star Game that I despise, and I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. But I'd like to start off with the skills challenge, if that's cool with you, because I feel like. Out of all of them, like, it's the least watched, you know? I don't know who, how many people are super interested in the skills challenge, but it's always, like, a decent showcase of, you know, people running through cones. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even really watch the skills yeah, contest. I, I hadn't made it to the place that I was watching it in order to see the skills contest. It's people running through cones and then passing a ball into a small little hole and then shooting a half-court shot. So, half honestly, shot. I'm not that interested in it. Uh I could do without it. Uh, I'm really ready to move on to the three-point contest. Okay, yeah. So Team Pacers won the skills competition, by the way. They beat, I think, who did they even beat? I don't even know. Team Wolves? Played, like, maybe Team Raptors. It could have been Raptors. could have been Wolves. could have been really anybody. Um, yeah, it could have been any I don't, team. I don't think anybody was watching the skills competition that closely. Um and I don't think anybody ever really does, you know? So it's one of the more forgettable moments of All-Star Weekend, which is traditionally a pretty forgettable weekend. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the three-point contest, which I actually do think was pretty investing this year. I was actually really interested in it. I think for the most part, the three-point contest is pretty standard. I'd say more or less it's very interesting across the board yeah. because this is the one that attracts the most superstars. And I know that this has been a problem. Okay for the NBA over the last few seasons that they can't get superstars to participate in the skills competitions. But 
the three-point contest has always been littered with the best shooters in the league, again, as it was this year. It was Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, Trey Young, and... Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen. Those were the um, six shooters. Anthony Edwards was in it too, right? Maybe. Or was he just... Was he just getting shots? Up? I saw some. I saw a clip of him shooting with his left hand for some reason um, from the three-point contest. Anthony Maybe Edwards may have been in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either way, so I think the point stands about them being like actual stars who are participating and want to win this competition. You know. Yeah, I mean? and six As out of the seven guys, like maybe was Trey Young an All Star? No. Yes, he was. He was okay, so there. six out of the seven guys were All Stars, and that's something that the showcase is about traditionally however again i thought that it was i thought that it was good across the board and it was a lot of high numbers most guys were in the 20s 26 was the score that it took to win damian lillard had it twice carl anthony towns had 24 and trey young had 24 so that was the final three guys Mm -hmm. and i thought it was good i thought it was very entertaining and yeah i mean that's really all i have about it it was it was better than it has been in past years i agree um, I think the most interesting part of the three-point competition as a whole was what came before it, that being the competition, which I think we're going to talk about now, between Stephen Curry after and it. This came, and this came after it. This came after it. came yeah. after the three-point contest, um, which was pretty amazing. Like To be honest with you, I thought this was great for the game as a whole, not just for the NBA and the WNBA, which you know, women's basketball is on the rise right now. I really do believe that. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the reasons for that a little bit later, but like this competition was certainly something that both sides wanted to win. Um, you saw that in the fact that Steph Curry posted a score of what, 29 to win the whole thing, which is pretty crazy. And Sabrina Ionescu tied the winner score from the NBA three point contest with 26. Well, and that was my point. Exactly. She is a woman shooting from NBA range, posting as good of a score as the winner of the NBA three-point contest, which to me was amazing. I think that the WNBA gets a bad rap because in years past, the lowlights of the WNBA are indeed lowlights, and that is unanimously agreed upon. But if you've ever watched Shaq and a Fool, the NBA is too. (laughs) I think when I was watching Sabrina Ionescu, that's how you pronounce her last name? Ionescu, Sabrina Ionescu shoot, my jaw literally dropped. I was like, she is not missing. She was lights out, especially at the beginning. And I saw her post 26 and I was like, Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. I don't know if he's going to beat this score. And he ended up beating it, but it was something that I didn't expect to be taken as seriously as it did. And I also think that it was something that was huge for the game of basketball, not women's basketball, not men's basketball, basketball as a whole came together to watch that event. And I was incredibly satisfied with the way that it turned out yeah me too i mean i think that women's college basketball which again i don't want to spoil our segment later on about it is like really revitalizing the game and making it so that there's a lot of more young female viewership in the uh, in the WNBA nowadays um which i think is a great thing you know continuing to grow the brand continuing to grow basketball as a as a whole um and i do agree with your take i think that whoever the second shooter was on that in that competition was going to win the competition. Um, and it just happened to be Steph Curry and he just happened to do what Steph Curry does and make a boatload of threes. Um, 
but yeah, I agree. Like on that night, this was probably the most investing moment um, of all that, the, of all the, uh, the, the, the stuff that happened in the, um, in the all-star showcase. And I think that like, that's great for basketball and it's, it's, it's continued, it's continued to be great. I think that there's going to be more, um, you know, more added to this specific event in years to come. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people who don't know much about basketball learned who Sabrina Ionescu and the New York Liberty were on Saturday right. night, which is great right. for the game. And also agreed. Something that came out of this was immediately after the competition was over, Kenny Smith made a comment that got a ton of backlash. Mm -hmm. And he said, why wasn't she shooting from WNBA range? And he got a ton of hate for it. And I think that it came off as why did she handicap herself instead of the way that I truly believe that he meant it, which was we want. I I wanted to see her win, and I think that she would have from her range. And I can't help but agree with him. Mm -hmm. She was shooting with a WNBA ball. If she had shot from the three-point range, I think that she would have beaten Steph Curry, and that's what I wanted to see. Which is why when Kenny Smith got so much backlash for that comment, I agreed with him. And I may get backlash for this as well. And maybe I don't understand. Maybe it's like we want to play on your level, which is totally understandable entirely fair but at the same time it's coming from a place of wow i really wanted to see her win i think that she would have won if it was under her circumstances instead of nba circumstances yeah yeah i mean i i can't i i can't say that i disagree um i don't know you know what what the consensus was about either i think that it is cap that she was capable of winning from nba range um it's also not that big of a switch like the WNBA and um, the NBA three-point lines are really – it's only like a couple of inches that separate the two. So, I mean, if she's shooting from that range anyways and she wants to shoot from that range, she should be welcome to. Um, she's also posted the all-time greatest score in the three-point contest from WNBA range already. So maybe she was trying to prove that she can shoot from NBA range, and she clearly can. She d- most definitely can. Night, you know? Um so yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't hate the take of she should be shooting from WNBA range, especially you know since she's using the WNBA ball. But like at the same time, it makes a lot of sense why you would shoot from NBA range in this competition. Yeah, it does. Do you think that we'll ever see a day where the NBA and WNBA will merge for a combined three point contest? Maybe down the line, like this is a this was a feeler to see how this event yeah. went, and it clearly went yeah. well. Maybe down I the line we'll see the NBA integrate with the WNBA for a three-point contest. I certainly wasn't thinking about it, um, but now that you put it on my radar, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it's a good way to get viewership. It's just, you know, like will the public, will the public be in full support of that? Because, um, you know, traditionally you have like the people who believe that the NBA is better than the WNBA, which is you know untrue, um, but. Like, I don't know what the public pushback on that would be, if that makes sense. I, think I don't I don't think that you can gauge it based off the pushback, leagues. because if there was no pushback for this event, and there probably was a couple of people who were griping about it, but the unanimous consensus after this event seems to be that it went really well and that we want to mm-hmm. see more of it, or at least for everyone that I've talked to or heard from well, around think, NBA, the NBA world. 
I agree. I think if you were to integrate the three-point contest, though, you would have to integrate both All-Star weekends, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. right. You would have to align the two. Um, which, which, which does which doesn't really line up because the seasons aren't in the same time period. Correct. Correct. Which which so, is a struggle. But at the same time, if you're already integrating a one v one three point contest, why don't you just add more people to either side? Thing. It's a good point. It's a good. Point. It'll it'll do nothing but bring good to the game of WM the WNBA, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving forward, let's talk about the dunk contest. Oh God. Because. Yeah. Every year, it seems to get worse. And when we were kids, it was something that we got to stay up late for when Blake Griffin was dunking over cars and Dwight Howard was putting stickers on the backboard in a Superman suit. It was something that we got to stay up for because it was the last event and it was something that we looked forward to. I remember Mm -hmm. watching Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon go at it in arguably the best dunk contest of all time with my dad at like 11 at night, which was the equivalent of four in the morning to me at 11 years old. Yeah. And now I get excited to watch it the same way that I did when I was little. And it's still incredibly disappointing every year. Mm -hmm. So Alex, why is it so bad? And what are some solutions that we can have to make it better? I think it's time to scrap it. Honestly. Um, There's just the, the main issue that I think you see with the dunk contest, which wasn't as much of an issue this year. Um, was the is there there's been a severe lack of star power within it for years for years you haven't seen all stars and all nba guys be in the dunk contest in forever and jalen brown stepping up to the plate and throwing his hat in the ring i think is commendable um but then you look at the other people in the field like jacob toppin jaime Hawkins, jalen brown mac mcclung two of those guys are g-leaguers you know like Mac McClung is a full-on G leaguer, and Jacob Toppin is on a two-way contract with the New York Knicks. So, like, and Jaime Hawkins is a rookie. Well, he's a great player, though. He's been really good this year. Agreed, um, but he's a but rookie yes, nonetheless. He's a rookie. He doesn't have that type of star power yet, for sure. So that's always been an issue with the dunk contest. A second thing is just the fact that like they're running out of ideas. There's only so much that you can do in the dunk contest, and I feel like at this point we've kind of seen it all. You know, there isn't a new innovative dunk every year that is drawing viewers in. And I think that more so than not, we're disappointed with the results of the things that we've already seen, you know? So like Jalen Brown jumping over someone, that's cool. It's really hard to do. I could never do it, but we've seen it hundreds of times. So like maybe we're a bit desensitized to the fact that this is an incredibly hard feat to, you know, to achieve, but until there's like new variety as to like athleticism and can someone do something we've never seen before, I don't know if the dunk contest will ever really be back. And we thought it was back last year when Mac McClung won doing things that were amazing, but then he comes back this year and wins again. And it was a bit underwhelming in my opinion. I actually, I do agree with most of what you said. I think that we're going to have a hard time having the dunk contest be back. But at the same time, if you keep bringing in guys whose expectations are to have these amazing dunks that we've never seen before, it's always going to be underwhelming. But if you see four guys who are at the same capability of Jalen Brown, who are out there doing, maybe they're the same dunks that we've seen before, but we've never seen it from these all-star guys. Jacob Toppin is a rookie. He's barely on an NBA team. He's played like not even rotational minutes. He's played end of game minutes this year. Yep, Mac McClung yep. is on a G League roster. Jaime Hawkins is great, but he's not even a star yet. Yeah. 
So either sign Mac McClung to a contract and make him an NBA guy. And then I'll be satisfied seeing him win the dunk contest every year because that is his specialty or move back to bringing stars in. And I understand that no one wants to be that person. And again, you, you said it props to Jalen Brown for stepping up there and do it, doing it last year. Mm -hmm. We saw him, we saw him face the back. Like he led the charge in saying that, yeah, the all-star game is great when guys are scoring 50, but it's just a shoot around. He was the person who said that it was a glorified shoot around. And he went out there and tried to do something about it this year. And I thought that he did very well. I I mean, at least based on what his expectations were. So if you have more guys that have star power out there, dunking, even things that we've seen before, that'll make it a lot more watchable. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's the main problem. I, I think I think it's about time that the NBA moves on, though. I think that there are more opportunities for different things that we can be doing in the All-Star Weekend um, that we should be looking into. One of the ones that I keep seeing every year that I always support, I always push for, Gilbert Arenas just shouted it out on his podcast the other day, is the idea of having a 1v1 or a 2v2 tournament. And I love that. Well, that's what the it. NHL does. I think it's a... Right. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think the players would get up to win it. I would really love to see it. Um, The only issue is like, again, you have that issue of people being in star power positions who maybe don't want to get embarrassed. Um, But all that being said, like it makes so much sense, right? It makes so much sense to have the best players in the world play one-on-one play and one rules or something like that, where they can just like travel and carry and do all that type of shit that they want to do. Like let them just cook for, you know, a game to a a King of the court style games and just see who wins the one V one championship. I think that would be awesome. I really, yeah. And every year we see clips of these guys in the off seasons going to pro-am shoot arounds against regular guys and playing pickup style rules. And, the clips that they have go viral and they're amazing. So why don't they step up and do it on a national level? Because they're scared to get embarrassed. And that is the truth of it. That's the answer to your question. We haven't seen it yet because I guarantee you that that paper proposing the idea of having a tournament like that has slid across Adam Silver's desk. It's gone to the NBA PA and they've said, we're not going to do that because we're too embarrassed to have our own image be tarnished by getting embarrassed on a national scale. And it's something that the public would love to see. And it's something that a lot of them haven't heard of, but Gilbert Arenas is on to something. He's a guy that's been in the all-star game. He knows what it's mm-hmm. like. And I'm in full support of it. But well, unfortunately, I, mean, I just guys... think I just think that it's something we won't see. You see these guys play one-on-one in like the USA showcases when they're when they're playing and trying out for the Olympic teams. I would I would even say that if you were gonna have guys from the G League or even rising stars be you know at all-star weekend put them in it because it's still interesting basketball to watch it's interesting to watch team like players try and pick each other apart and make moves and do stuff and it doesn't necessarily have to be the best guys on a roster even though i think that would bring in the most viewership to this like i just think it's an interesting concept maybe you maybe you put some prize money out there maybe you do something you get the annual championship like it makes so much sense that that it not happening really like it bothers me. It bothers me that that people aren't more on board with that idea. Even like with a two v two tournament, even like to to move off the one v one tournament, like there's less blame put on each player. 
you know, if you lose a 2v2 tournament because, you know, you're not getting as embarrassed, I guess. Um, and then you can or see even three v three, even three v three. But you could see the teams with the best duos or trios in the league, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown teaming up against, I don't know, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Wouldn't that be amazing? To Who watch? wouldn't want to watch that? Everyone wants to see that. And why amazing. don't we? We've proven over the past five years that the NBA All Star Game is utterly unwatchable. We talked Correct. about this before we even started recording. Yeah, neither Let's of us go. watched past the first quarter. Because they're walking up the court and shooting half-court shots. We all know that they can do that. Either bring back the All-Star game where it's actually competitive and put something on the line that every guy on the team wants to play for, such as what the MLB used to do, where the winner of the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the finals. Put something out there that makes the... Or even if it's real money, put something out there that makes these guys want to play against each other. Again, the MLB went away from that home field advantage and just gave the guys a million dollars on the winning team. Who wouldn't want that? We saw the in-season tournament be really competitive because a million dollars was on the line. Every guy is going to play for that. So why not bring back the competitiveness? I think the MLB has one of the best all-star weekends out of all the major sports franchises. I don't know if we've said that on this show before, um, but I think that's true. Like they've clearly figured out the way to do it. Correct. The NBA just has a massive problem right now in the fact that nobody cares. The, the NHL also break... does a fantastic job with their All-Star weekend. Well, their I skills the competition players... The skills competition is great with the slap shot contest and the one yeah. where they have to like aim for the corners of the I'm not a hockey guy, as you can tell. Yeah. But I've watched it enough to know that it's massively more entertaining than the NBA one. I also so if the NBA NHL can just players... like if the NBA can just like like take bits and pieces from these league and synthesize their own all-star weekend. That's actually watchable. It will make everyone much more happy. I think NHL players also legitimately hate each other on different teams too, (laughs) which I don't think is a thing that's in the NBA as much especially among like star players. There's a lot of, they grow up playing, which I understand. Yeah. But like, you know, in the NHL, like you're trying to take someone's head off every, every possession. Like I even think the NFL did a good job modifying their their pro bowl this year by it's making better it flag football instead of just having them play at 50 percent um and i think the nba solved the problem like three years ago when they went to target score everybody wanted to win the target score nba all-star game for kobe bryant everybody wanted to win that everybody was invested in it it was something that you could say you won it was the most competitive it's been in years and then we just decide to go away from it for what there was no know. reason to go away from the target score, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it, it's it's getting to the point where it's just it's stupid for these guys to even be out there. They shot one hundred and sixty eight three pointers. One hundred and sixty eight threes, probably uncontested, probably wide open, probably 15 to 20 of them from half court or further back like it's it's getting unwatchable it's not it's not fun for the players the the narrative after every all-star game nowadays is just why did we even invest our time into this and you know it's a fair I, I argument just, i don't to know make. how you i don't know how you change uh, unless you um, like I, I think the change was the target score and then they just decided not to go with it so i think the, i think the change personally is the small-sided tournament okay. we've seen that bring engagement to the nhl that clearly worked I watched, yep. and I don't watch hockey. Yep. 
something that can make everybody look on paper and say, oh, I definitely want to watch this. Even people who aren't from the NBA. I had a friend last night while we were watching the game who has who watched his first NBA game this year. And he, okay. we were explaining to him what the All-Star game was because he didn't even know. So we told him that it's the best, however many, 10 players from each league facing yeah, off against uh, each other. Yeah. And he said, wow, in theory, this is supposed to be the best game of all time, correct? Yes, in theory it is. But in reality, it's not. Because there's no reason for anyone to try. And some of them realize that. Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic don't care at all about the All-Star yeah, game. They around. go out there, miss open layups, and walk and around. Yeah. No one cares, including them. So at least bring – if you're not going to have something that brings engagement from the greater public, at least have something that brings engagement from the players because okay. we don't even have that right now. Making an All-Star yeah. team means nothing besides a star next to your name on the roster. Mm-hmm. And it means something for your legacy too. Like being on the all-star team is something that is going to propel you towards the hall of fame, but that's it. And they're not playing for about the game. No one cares about the game at all. It's just something that you can put on your resume. Oh, maybe you were an all-star. Maybe you're looking at an all NBA team this year so that you can make more money in the off season. Like Larry bird went around all day, Sunday morning, begging players to try begging them to care. And they panned the camera to him in the first quarter he was so upset visibly on the sidelines mm-hmm. because no one cares. And it really does suck to see because in theory, it is supposed to be the best game of the season. Yeah, and if they did it right, the game. it could bring so much engagement from audiences that have never watched the NBA before. But unfortunately, they don't. And it's just a shit show every year. Agreed. Agreed. And it's embarrassing. It, it's 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 embarrassing. I I hate I hate watching it. Um, like I have to turn it on because I'm an NBA fan, and you always hold out that that glimmer of hope that maybe this is the year. You know, maybe this is the year where they actually care. Maybe this is the year where they you know where they stop just chucking shots up, where they stop just walking up and down the floor, where they actually you know where they don't open up the lane and let people get wide open dunks and just. I don't know, just dick around for the entire time. But it seems like it, 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 it hasn't been competitive since that Kobe Bryant, um, when Kobe Bryant unfortunately passed away and everybody wanted to win the All-Star game. And I don't know how you incentivize them wanting to win the All-Star game anymore. I just don't. Unless you, unless you give either monetary value, which we've seen right. work, or incentive down the line. Like unless they're playing for something meaningful. It's just going to be this same cycle of games that no one just cares mediocrity. about. Mediocrity. Yeah. So I'm begging you, NBA, please do something about it because the All Star Game is supposed to be the best game of the season, and it's turned into the worst. Agreed. All right, moving forward. Agreed. The last thing we're going to talk about is something that has to be stated, and we've already talked about it a little bit. But this past weekend, Caitlin Clark broke the women's college basketball record for the most points of all time with a deep three did you see it it was like a 35 foot oh i saw it pull up in transition she just yeah did what she does best which is score the basketball and women's basketball is getting better and better and more fun to watch and more fun to watch every season and Mm -hmm. it's bringing there was a game between it was just like an sec play game on sunday morning 
that got more engagement than the Celtics versus the Heat, who have faced in the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the past four years. Yeah. A random college basketball game on a Sunday between two SEC schools brought more engagement. Like It's getting better and better every year. It's getting more fun to watch. And it's bringing awareness to the sport, which is honestly great to see. Agreed. So, Caitlin Clark, in my opinion, is doing more for the game of women's basketball than anyone else has done in the history of the WNBA. And I know that that's crazy at first. She is still in college. Very bold take. Okay. But the amount of engagement that she's getting through social media, through actually watching the game, people are tuning in to see what she's doing. Like she's LeBron James in high school. I wanted to get tickets when Iowa came to Maryland. The cheapest ticket was a nosebleed for $180. She's doing things for this game that no one has done in the history of women's basketball. Yeah. When can, when when can you think of the last time that people were getting tickets months in advance to be able to see someone play basketball? Yeah, it's true. It's been years. So she's doing great work for the game. I agree. I agree. It's been amazing to watch. It's been amazing to watch thus far. Um she is completely revitalizing the game of women's basketball. She's obviously going to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft when she declares. Um, And just to see like the amount of like young girls and like people who are looking up to her and watching basketball and are now interested in basketball and are trying to find someone that plays the game they love and they find it in Caitlin Clark. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. She's on pace to break the all time record for points um, in a, in a, in a college career. So that's men's and women's. And I think when she does, she'll be immortalized as one of the greatest women's college basketball players of all time, which I think she already is, even though she I, I agree. Won a and, yet. and I think that it's huge for girls who are playing basketball at a young age to look up to someone and be like, this person is doing what I want to do and being recognized by everyone, not just yep. people who also play women's basketball. Everyone is seeing what she's doing and it'll give more girls who are getting into the sport incentive to keep playing and not quit, which is the easy thing to do. And that's Agreed. what's great for the game. Agreed. Agreed. All right, moving on. Alex, let's play a little game. All right, man. I'm here. I want you to name a starting five of LeBron James's best teammates. That is a point starting guard, five. shooting guard, small forward, Power forward and center. What am I supposed to do about small forward? Well, you can either put LeBron at small forward. Like he, you have to either put LeBron, you have to put LeBron in the line. So I get to put LeBron someplace, but you can put him in a position that he's played. So I would argue that LeBron can play point guard. You can put him at either small forward or point guard. guard. He's going to be my small forward. um, Okay. Because having a team. Yeah. So, all right. So it's top five. So top technically top four players that LeBron has ever played with. And each, for those of you out there who are listening or watching and don't understand his career path, that is first stint on the Cavs, Miami mm-hmm. Heat, second stint yep. on the Cavs, Lakers. Yep. You can pick anyone from those four teams. Okay. Okay. Um, let's just start off with the point guard. Obvious selection, I think, is Kyrie Irving. Um, okay. You know, he's he's a guy who helped him win a ring for Cleveland. Um, 
I think was he? Fi- no, he wasn't Finals MVP, but he played fantastic in those in those games to beat that seventy. Uh, Has the and... most clutch shot of all time in the or um, potentially potentially. Yeah, I no, mean, it's not more was... clutch than Jordan's crossover, but one of the most clutch shots in Finals history. Um, and that's one of the most fantastic finals ever in one of the greatest NBA seasons we've ever seen. You know, them defeating the 73-9 and nine Golden State Warriors. And that was like, they went 73-9, and nine, um, like, what was it, eight years ago? Yeah. It's pretty crazy yeah. to think about. Wow. Um, but that being said, uh, Kyrie Irving has had a fantastic career thus far, despite, you know, the whole trying to turn the whole world against him thing at, at one point or another. Um, but that being said, I think that he's the greatest point guard that, um, LeBron has ever played with, and I'm going to slide him in at point guard. So he's going to be my point guard. Um, moving on to shooting guard. I think this is an obvious selection. Anybody would make it. Dwayne Wade is the greatest player that LeBron has ever played with. Won a ring before LeBron in Miami, won an MVP before LeBron in Miami, and then helped LeBron win two more rings in Miami. Um, greatest player of that he greatest dynasty. player in that era or greatest player in all eras cuz he did technically play with Shaquille O'Neal What do you mean LeBron No I know but like the greatest shooting guard he's ever played with Yeah that's what I meant I, I Oh okay I'm, I'm sorry mm, I'm sorry Maybe maybe it is Yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right I wasn't even thinking about Shaquille O'Neal so thank you for putting that back on my radar Um but that being said, again, I have Dwayne Wade at uh, my shooting guard. I think that he is, you know, now that you put it on my radar, the second greatest player that LeBron has ever played with um, outside of Shaquille O'Neal. And then, um, yeah, I think he's the obvious shooting guard selection. You can, you can argue for Ray Allen or a guy uh, or even like Mario Chalmers, I guess, but neither of them really come close to Dwayne Wade in level of impact and commitment to winning. So um, he was really the backbone you know, helping LeBron win those two uh, rings in Miami. So I think that's an obvious choice. Small forward, I'm going to have LeBron James there. Um, obviously, one of, if not the my personal greatest player of all time in the NBA. Um, and I think it's an obvious choice to slide him at small forward instead of putting him at point guard. Because if you were to put him at point guard, you'd have to pick a small forward. And most small forwards on the Miami Heat teams were sitting behind him. Same with the Cavs, same with the Lakers. So that yeah. wouldn't really yeah, yeah, be a yeah. No, 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 totally. Player. Yeah. All right. Now, power forward. I think for center, I'm just going to throw Shaq in there. No explanation needed. Four rings. Uh, fantastic player for his entire career. He's one of the greatest players that LeBron has ever played with. Maybe not. His best years probably weren't in Miami. They were probably in L.A. and Orlando. Um, but that being said, he's still, you know, a fantastic player, one of the greatest players that of all time, potentially a top 10, top 15 player in NBA history. Um, and and for, the, for, the, for the power forward, it's a loaded discussion. He's had great Correct. power forwards on every team that he's played with. So yes, this is where this it is gets a, interesting. This is a really hard discussion to have um, because you have three main candidates. I think you have Chris Bosh, Anthony Davis and Kevin Love. Now, I think Love is out. Um, he's the only one who I think is a fringe Hall of Fame guy out of the two. Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer, and Anthony Davis will be a Hall of Famer. Um, man, it's so tough. I think because of the defensive player of the years and whatnot and the way that uh, Anthony Davis was a, as a defender earlier on his, in his career and the fact that he's won one ring, but Bosh has two rings. 
I'm going to say Anthony Davis. Um, I think Anthony Davis is overall a better player than Chris Bosh, even though Chris Bosh was, you know, fantastic. His career was uh, cut short due to injuries, unfortunately. And, um, you know, that would mean that Chris Bosh is your sixth man, but uh, Anthony Davis is going to be my power forward. So just to run you through my my starting five here, we got Kyrie Irving at the one, Dwayne Wade at the two, LeBron at the three, AD at the four, and Shaq at the five to round out LeBron James' teammates. All right, there you go. That's LeBron James' top five teammates of all time. Tune in, follow our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod, Corner Office Pod on Twitter, the Corner Office Pod on YouTube. You can basically find us everywhere now. We're on TikTok too, at the Corner Office Pod. Are we really? Make sure, oh, yeah. yeah, we are. Make sure to We're check us global. out. Yeah, going global. We're big time. Okay, we're big time. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been the Corner Office, and I am Jack Byrne, and I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three.